You know what I hate? Boxes. That's something I have run from my entire life, because y'all, none of us are meant to live within a box. I am a woman of many facets, loving things from business to relationships to health and wholeness and faith, and that's what you're going to get here. Uh, I'd like to thank you for joining me on the Rebecca Danny Show. I like to say I am a black and bougie believer giving you some real honest talk on life. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Rebecca Danny Show. You guys, I have a guest with me today and I'm really excited because it's my sister. Like my real sister, not like, you know, sister. <laughs> People be asking that. I'm not going to lie. People ask that like, wait, so is she your blood sister or are you guys just say that? I she is my blood sister. She's two years older than me. Yes, we've been friends since, you know, I don't know. From the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> so her name is Rachel. Uh, let's welcome her on. And today we're going to talk a little bit, a couple different things. But one of the main things we want to talk about today is as sisters and as black women here in America, we want to talk about what our experience has been as black women and some of the things that we have done as far as self-care, learning how to properly care for our souls, for our minds, for our bodies in the midst of experiencing different things that we have experienced throughout our lifetimes. Yeah. So, hey, guys, um, I'm Ray. A lot of people call me Ray, but you can call me Rachel. Um, and I am super, super stoked to be on the show today. Um, and very excited to talk about the topic of self-care as a black woman in America because it is quite vital, to be honest, and I think from my own experience, um, to really find balance in the midst of, you know, our history, the things that we've ac actually walked through as a country, and then me personally, um, just really taking the time to be able to, like, really pour back into who I am, um, spirit, soul, and body. So I'm super, super stoked to actually hop into this. Yeah, so, okay. The reason why we're talking about this, you guys, um, clearly with what's happening in the world, um, 2020 has been a very interesting year. We all know this. <laughs> There's no hiding it. Um, it, I mean, I feel like everyone on every level has been challenged, has been poked, has been, uh, yeah, just having to step outside of their comfort zone, having to look at different things, having to evaluate their hearts. Um, and maybe not every single person is doing that, but it is there, it is available. And so those who have actually said yes to it have actually been able to either grow from this year or they're actually staying stagnant. And so some of the things, obviously as black women, um, that we have been processing this year, um, and you know, Ray obviously is the one of the closest people to me and so we've processed a lot about different things that's been coming up this year and yeah it's not the first time talking about black lives talking about the experiences discrimination yeah. racism this is not the first time that we've talked about this I mean both of us have right, experiencing absolutely. from childhood of discrimination of racism of all of that stuff so this year was more just kind of another conversation starter um, and another uh, 
opportunity to be like, man, where are we at with this? Like what, like what's going on? What are we processing? What are we evaluating? Where are we at? What can we do? You know, just asking these questions and learning how to be like, okay, you know, with where we're at now, what does moving forward look like? And how do we continue to live life and not allow this to stop us? Because again, this isn't the first time we've experienced racism or these racial acts in these ways. I mean, anybody who knows black history knows this stuff has been happening since the foundation of this nation. So um, as we've been processing this stuff over this over this summer um, and just evaluating, you know, where are we at? how are we doing? I mean, that's kind of been some of the main conversations is like, yeah, talking about what's going on, but more talking about our own emotional health and our own self care of like, okay, where are you at? Like, how are you doing? What, how can we support each other? All of that stuff, because it is a lot. I see so many people that are, you know, popping off social media and all of that stuff, because it's like, it's just too much. And I understand, even as a black person, I'm like, it's too much to watch all of those videos to, you know, engage in every single act that's happening. It's a lot. And it's, it's re uh, stepping into this trauma experience. And it's just, it's a lot. So we've been, you know, just kind of having conversations about what does it look like to keep yourself in a place of peace, to keep yourself, to take care of yourself, self-care, um, to stay in a place of joy and hope in the midst of everything that's happening. And it doesn't even, it's not even just the whole black lives thing. It is, I mean, we have the pandemic. We have, I mean, fires happening in California right now. I mean, y'all, I'm like, where's the world going? (laughs) (laughs) I'm very hopeful, but there is a lot of stuff happening. And so I can understand how a lot of people can lose hope during this year and can actually feel like, dang, what am I what am I doing? Like, what is next? What does this look like? So we just really want to talk about our process, talk about some of the things we've experienced, um, talk about even just this year, some of the things that we have been intimately processing. um, And we're going to let you guys into some of those conversations. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And yeah, we'll see kind of where this goes. And then we want to give you guys some practical tips as to how we take care of ourselves, how we have kept ourselves in a place of remaining attached to hope and joy um, and peace in the midst of this pretty interesting year. So yeah, let me tell you just a little bit about my story. It's It's been wild because I think um, even since I was a little girl, I've always experienced discrimination. And I think it wasn't until other people pointed it out to me that I was different. And primarily, you know, it could be, it was the kids, it was primarily for me, the teachers though. And it wasn't until like one time I remember coming home to my mother and um, literally having a moment with her where I broke down in tears saying, this is difficult. Like, why don't they like me? I don't understand why they don't like me. Because I started to recognize I would turn in my homework and not get homework back when the rest of the class would receive their homework back. So the teacher's excuse to my mom, you know, our mom, um, would be, you know, your daughter is not doing her homework. I'm not sure why. So my mom would say, that's actually not true. Like that, there's no way that could be true because I did, I sat there last night and helped her with her homework. And so how is, there's no way that her homework is missing. And so one thing that made me really, really start to 
become really curious and aware that I was different was because of that. And I will never forget the moment that we did a trip in Las Vegas. I don't know if you remember that, but we did a trip in Las Vegas. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know, I had to be like 10 years old, maybe 10 or 11. Yes, we went to Vegas when we were little. Um, But we, (laughs) that was like a family vacation place. I'm not sure why, but yeah. Also um, like our family, we would take like these spontaneous (laughs) trips. This is a side note. We would take spontaneous trips. Like my parents, I think this is why we love travel so Mm -hmm. much. But our parents would just be like, okay, like, we're going to go here this weekend. Or right. just give them the car. Right. We're going to drive right. somewhere. We'd be like, okay, where are we driving to? We don't know. It's right. so funny. So anyways. Yeah. <laughs> like Vegas became one of those places, you know. It was when it used to be family oriented. You know what I mean? Yeah. So crazy now. Yeah, you know. So when we went, I will never forget we were staying in, um, I don't know, one of the hotels. I don't remember now. But when we are staying in the hotel, we're sitting by the pool. And we happened to see Rebecca's teacher um we won't name any names but one of her teachers actually stopped us and and my mom's like oh hi you know it's good to see you it's so great to see you and when she saw her she ended up saying like how is you know how are your daughters doing in school you know I have to be very honest with you um they actually told me to fail Rebecca they wanted to see her um actually not succeed because of her the skin color and I told them I will not do it I will stand my ground and I'm going to see this this child actually succeed because she's very smart and you know the story went on but I think that's when it became a reality to me that um I was very different and that um everything that I experienced was real like it was actually real where teachers would actually do whatever they could to actually see me be the least in the class and the um I would say the least successful in the class and yeah it was it was such a wild experience as a child and I mean it was something that I had to process even as an adult like it, it really allowed me to um see that my inner child was messed up I mean absolutely <laughs> traumatized yeah. and I knew I needed help so yeah I went after that and so that's where self-care became a thing where you know my mom she became very open to uh, talking about how to balance the body primarily and then of course your spirit mm-hmm. but I became one that's also very aware of my emotional balance you know yeah. and so I, I just started going after that um, going into my adulthood so yeah that's a little bit of my story it's crazy too because like I don't even actually remember that moment in Vegas when that teacher came up to us I remember hearing the story like I was retold the story like yeah, that your teacher said this. And so I remember when I got older, I started to comprehend a little bit more of the story of being like, oh, I was told that this happened, but I don't remember the moment when the teacher came up, which is crazy how you don't remember things, guys, Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. there's certain moments from your childhood that you can disassociate from. And it completely blocks it out of your your mind. And it's like basically remains like logged back in like your subconscious. (laughs) It's crazy how that can happen and how the brain does that to protect you from pain and trauma and all of that stuff. But like even for me, like I think one memory that is pretty stands out to me is I remember, you know, you're in, you're a kid and you're in kindergarten, you got your like best girlfriends, but I remember like always wanting to be like wanted and liked and by the girls around me. And I remember it was in kindergarten the first time that someone called me a nigger to my face. And I was like, and I didn't really know what the word meant. Like I didn't have like my parents didn't sit me down and be like, oh, this word means this before that, because it was like, I mean, almost unnecessary. Like you wouldn't think you need to teach your Mm -hmm. five or six year old kid what nigger means. Mm -hmm. Okay. So (laughs) like, that's just not something that most parents think about. And so, but I remember that happening and I remember just being like, this doesn't feel 
like a positive word. It didn't feel like a compliment. Um, it definitely felt derogatory. It felt negative. It felt like I was being spoken down to and almost being put in a certain place Mm. or put in a certain box. And it was like, as a shirt to kind of, uh, understand a little bit more what that whole thing meant I started to the thing that I started to recognize as I got a little bit older you know getting in first second third grade was oh I'm different and that's not necessarily a good thing and it's primarily because of my skin color and I remember you know growing up I used to start to or I started hating the color of my skin specifically that I was darker that I was a darker black person. And those things are learned. Like that is not a, that's not something you come out of the womb thinking. That is a learned behavior. So is the hatred on the other end. It's a learned behavior. We do not come out of the womb like that. And so you learn these different things as you go through these different experiences in your life. And for me, I started to learn, wow, I'm different and it's not a good thing. And so that started the journey for me of like self-hatred, fear, anxiety, as I walked around as a woman, but not just a woman, as a black woman. It's crazy because I even used to say, I feel like as a black woman, I am like the lowest of low. Right. It always made, it made you feel like you were the bottom of the totem pole. Yeah. Always. It yeah, always right. felt like I, you know, not only am I black, but I'm a woman. Right, right, right. <laughs> and it was like, I remember there would be moments where I'd be like, dang, I can feel the effects of that. Yeah. And I can feel that you know, just the way that people would look at me or talk to me or treat me. It was like, almost like I I didn't feel human. I didn't feel like I would be looked at or talked to as human people jumping back or, you know, moms or dads pulling their kids away from me when I walk by. And I'm like, what? Like, well, even to be asked, like, can you wash your hair? Like, that's a thing. You can actually wash your hair. Like I've been asked that, you know, it's crazy. Yeah. Or even, (laughs) oh my gosh, this is one. I've heard so many times, you're so beautiful for a black girl. Right. And I'm like, and it wasn't until I got older that I was like, that is not a compliment at all. (laughs) Like (laughs) that. Why would you say like, right. That's one of those things where basically what you're saying is like, I wouldn't think that black woman would be beautiful, Mm -hmm. but like, wow, you're different. Mm -hmm. You're actually like one that I am seeing that's beautiful. And it's like, that's not a compliment. And so it's crazy how it started to instill in me and Ray. I mean, we've talked about this so much, but it started to instill in us this like thing where we had to actually walk through so much healing of processing self-hatred, pain, trauma, anxiety, and fear of Am I, like, can I live and be free and be empowered as a black woman and love who I am? Yeah, absolutely. I would absolutely, you know, agree with with what you're saying because it's so important for us to be treated as human, you know, because when we're not and we're dehumanized, um, it's like, it's something that is alarming for our spirits. It's alarming for our bodies. Um, it's alarming for who we actually were created to be. And when those things are actually, like when we're dehumanized by a culture or by a society, um, we can't really, yeah, or by a person, it's like we can't really be fully who we were called to be. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that is one thing that, I mean, that really sparked the thing to go after self-care for me. Because if not, I mean, the anxiety that even I had to walk through, the um, uninsurance, you know, or what I say that? Um, on insurance or like, uh, or the, um, <laughs> like what's uncert- the word? <laughs> I would say this, the uncertainty that I had to walk through, you know, and, uh, 
yeah, especially not being well received as a black woman, I think it's it's so important for us to recognize that humanizing black women is the and not just black women, the black body um, is the the most pivotal thing that we can do as a nation because while America's waking up, I mean, what are we doing in the interim? You know what I mean? And so for me, it's been this big, huge thing of like, okay, America's waking up, for instance, this year. It's been a huge thing where America is finally being exposed, although we all know it's been behind the scenes for years. But America is being exposed, and while it's being exposed and woken up, we as black people have to step into this place of health. We have to step into this place mm-hmm. of wholeness and balance and mm-hmm. mental uh, mental health, uh, emotional health, and even physical health. And I think yeah. that's the importance of it. So Yeah, and I think even just really to add to this, and you know, if you have anything else, but... Um, to add to this, it's like crazy. The narrative of a black woman is like, oh, black woman is really strong or really intense Mm -hmm. or, you know, I mean, I've, I've had these words said to me so many times of like, you're so intense or you're so loud or, you know, you're, you're so much Becca. And it's like, well, I also get to be like emotional or sad or, you know, small sometimes and to be supported in that and to be like, to actually recognize, Hey Becca, it's actually okay for you to not be that person right. at all times. Right. It's like being given the permission to be who you are, even if you feel something. If you mm-hmm. feel the pain, it's not like, whoa, okay, uh, you're just an angry black woman. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, feel the pain and not be <laughs> considered angry. Or, I'm sorry, just this, you know, uncontrollable yeah. being, not a human, but being in the eyes of society, you know? And yeah. I think that's the thing is it's so important to be treated as human and um, it's something that we've, we're all learning, but it's something that I feel like is awakening in the earth, not just in America, but it's awakening in the earth. And I'm super excited to see where it goes. Okay, so getting into some of the things that's been happening this year. Like I said, y'all, this year has been crazy. Um, <laughs> it really has, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. At the same time, this has been a real good year for me. <laughs> right? Both sides. Both sides. Yeah. So, like, it's been crazy. But it's like, it's also been a really good year. So, I mean, I have had to learn how to be in this space of holding, holding space for grief, but also holding space for all the beautiful things that are happening this year. Um, But one of the things I wanted to highlight was like, yeah, when all this stuff kind of started happening, obviously we had the pandemic start first. I was like, okay, we had a pandemic. I'm over here (laughs) quarantined. Then... On top of that, you have everything that's happening, like the George Floyd death, then you have riots. You, I mean, all of this stuff, it just back to back to back to back to back. It is a lot of stuff. And the way that like I've personally experienced, which I feel like we can do a whole separate podcast talking about like race, talking about, you know, Black Lives Matter, all of that stuff. And when I say that, I don't mean the organization. I'm meaning my black life does actually matter (laughs) (laughs) i mean (laughs) you know what i mean because that phrase just has so much uh love and hate attached to it and the truth is is that phrase is simply people being like hey i would like to be counted as one i would like to be counted as a human basically i'll say that that's what it means for me that's basically Yeah. yeah and not saying that that's what it means for every single black person. I'm not here to represent every other black person. I'm no, here to represent right. me. And so at the end of the day, when all this stuff started happening and when I was processing, you know, what was going on, I 
definitely. And one of the things that me and Ray were processing when it was happening was we both felt very much in a trauma uh, state, meaning we were very caught up in, oh my gosh, this oh. feels like I was, I was yeah. thrown off my peace, thrown off hope like I was completely detached mm -hmm. from hope at least for like two weeks mm -hmm. um where I was in this place where I was like what like what is happening what's happening next like it feels like the world is kind of ending like I don't understand and I had so many questions I was like what like what do I do and I felt like I needed to do something but I didn't know what to do and right. I know that that was a lot of people's experiences both black and white I've had a lot of conversations with black people I've had a lot of conversations with white people and both have felt they a lot of people felt in this free state of I don't know what to do <laughs> right. like I feel like I want to do something or or I would like to see something change but like what does that look like I'm not here to tell you what it looked like because I don't know at the end of the day I have no idea um but I have I <laughs> sorry y'all um, but you know, I have some assumptions and, you know, we're not going to go into this in a long period, but I want my, I want my sister to be able to like, even just share a little bit about what her process was when the things happened. I mean, because yeah, I think a lot of people have not been able to attach all of this stuff to a human and we slap these political statements or these political agendas on these things that are happening but when we're actually able to see a human heart and a human that's hurting and a human that is needing something that has a need that's unmet is wanting to be seen is wanting to be heard is wanting to be fought for when you see yeah. that usually that's when compassion is able to come that's when right. oh wow I want to meet you here I want to like I want to be in relationship with you here and what does it look like to come alongside you? And so, yeah, I think that's the thing that I want to just point out is like everything that's happening this year, yes, with the Black Lives Matter, with, you know, the pandemic, all of this stuff, there's a lot of trauma. <laughs> a lot. With elections as well. Yeah, with elections <laughs> as well. There's so much trauma. And it's like if we realize like everybody is human, Right. And we actually get to look like what it, or we actually get to look at what does it look like to take care of me so that I can then come alongside and take and help take care of other people. Yeah. So, Ray, tell us a little bit like what was it like for you as you process like some of the stuff with, you know, the pandemic, George Floyd. I mean, we're talking about as black women here in America, the things we experience, all of that kinds of stuff. But this year, there's been a lot of, it's not just been the black stuff. It's been a lot of things. So what has been your experience and and even just your journey of processing it, of coming out of a trauma state and actually being like, how do I take care of me? I would say for sure, um, really giving my heart space. I think that is one thing. I, I feel like I constantly talk to my friends about this um, and you. And <laughs> it's about really giving our heart space because... In that process, I think even with, you know, the pandemic, for one, I mean, when that happened and people panicked to go buy toilet paper, I was like, what is happening? <laughs> what is happening? Yeah, that doesn't make sense. Didn't make I literally sense. was like, what does toilet paper have to do with a pandemic? I really don't know. I was <laughs> Can little... somebody please answer that for me? I don't understand that one. Right. I was a little confused. And 
I mean, we're, you know, we're pretty secluded in a small town. So when that happened, you know, and then people flooded the stores, I was like, okay, <laughs> let me just get my rice and beans. That's all I need. <laughs> no. But I think in true honesty, I think when the pandemic happened, that was already kind of throwing my family off balance. I mean, my family, because I am married. Um, and my husband and I just, we were just like, okay, what is going on? We need to set up our, <laughs> prepare our house. Um, and then when, uh, you know, the whole George Floyd thing happened and all the, you know, everything just kind of just started rolling. Um, I had to really give my heart space to actually take the time to process. If that looked like journaling, if that looked like taking a walk, if that looked like running, if it looked like just, you know, because sometimes we have to release, uh, the emotions that we're feeling. And sometimes what we what I find and I say this because there are a lot of people in my circle um and I say intimate circle you know um that actually don't I mean they do but they don't and it's it's crazy because we actually keep each other balanced you know Mm -hmm. and sometimes we'll just ignore our hearts and we keep each other checked and so one thing I actually found myself doing is really taking time to actually process by journaling I went back to therapy even when George Floyd happened I, I I was so in this freeze moment, like yeah. I, I couldn't fight, I couldn't fight, I'm, I couldn't fight, I couldn't fly. So <laughs> what I did was, um, I just froze, and I had to process with the Lord. Took some prayer time, um, the couple weeks, and then I just found myself in peace again. And even though I had to process it and it was painful, it was like you know what, I could still take care of me in the midst of all this happening. So no matter your circumstances, there are um, many, many things you can do to remain in hope, to remain in peace, to remain balanced in your life, even, you know, mind, body, and spirit. Mm -hmm. And what else? In your food. I'm just saying, for me, like, I I have found even keeping my body balanced with eating my food, like, very clean, whole food. Listen, y'all, it has made a difference. So, and it's been nothing but the grace of God that's really actually helped me walk through it all. And, um... I wish I can go into more detail because, I mean, we have a very short period of time. But there's so much that I actually took the time to process. And at this point, like, the Lord has just been like, dream with me again. Find the places where uh, you have fun that and all the things that make you happy. Because sometimes it, it gets back to, we get so distracted by, like, the social media world, you know, mm-hmm. and all the, all, everything. But the Lord, I think he's really spoke to my heart to really, like, stick to those things that are actually um, bringing me so much joy in this time. So, Yeah. And for me, as I've been processing, you know, just this year and what does it look like to get back to a place of health and wholeness? I mean, because, yeah, when the pandemic stuff started, when George Floyd was killed and uh, the riots started and I mean, there was thing after thing after thing. And then even being a small business owner, I mean, there was so many different things to be able to process and so many different things that could have kept me in this place of depression hopelessness right. like I mean Absolutely. fear and it, it I'm not even gonna lie I was there for a couple of weeks yeah. because it was like it was so intense and I didn't know what to do like Ray said I was in this like freeze state yeah but it was like as I was processing and some of the things that I was asking myself I remember there was this moment where I was like well I felt like the Lord had just highlighted for me you know where is your perspective Because I was so looking at everything that was happening and that was the thing that was starting to influence my internal world. That was the thing that was Mm. actually starting to direct where my emotions went. Mm. And I was like, okay, 
where where is my perspective? Like, mm. what am I actually allowing to be my main perspective of how I move forward? And I realized, like, yeah, I'm so focused on all the things that are happening right now that I became detached from where I'm going in my life, the things that the Lord has spoken to me, right. the different things that I'm like, no, I definitely had hopes and dreams for 2020. Like, I had things that I saw and was like, I feel like this is going to happen. And even though everything around me was telling me it's not, I was like, I still feel like this is this can be a good year. I feel right. like this year can be redeemed. Um, and so I had to go on a journey of looking like or looking at what is my focus right now? Where is my mindset? Um, what questions am I allowing to influence even how I make decisions? And once I started recognizing that, and once I started shifting my perspective to being like, no, I see what's happening. It is bringing up stuff. And I'm not even going to lie. When everything happened with George Floyd and the riots, old like pain came up for me that I was able to process through and even get healing in because I was like, oh, wow, I didn't even realize that there was even some of my own suppressed pain Mm -hmm. in the area of being a black woman in America Mm -hmm. that I haven't looked at. And so I was able to, I have a therapist as well, and I was able to bring that stuff up, talk about it, and actually begin to process through it. And so it was like, man, literally, I've been able to get healing in areas this year that would have never been poked if none of this stuff happened. That would have never been even uh, shaken if none of this stuff this year would have happened. So... As I started to look at that and as I started to ask these questions, as I started to, you know, evaluate my mindset, where my heart was, I could I started to see like, oh, I'm I'm starting to feel and get more attached to hope again. I'm starting to actually feel my perspective shift. And the things I had to do, I started going on walks every day, like just <laughs> without my phone. Like I was like, okay, I just need to get out. I need to, you know, turn off you know, I actually even started to filter my social media feed because oh y'all, gosh, let me tell same. you real quick. This same. is a self-care tip it, of all self-care <laughs> tips. Okay. You have the power to change what you see on your feed. Yes. The thing is, I remember this actually happened a few years ago. I told a friend, I was like, oh, you know, social media, it like brings up all this comparison in me, you know, and I was like telling them this and I was like, yeah, I just feel like I compare myself to a lot of people when I open up my social media and I'm so thankful. I don't even remember which friend said this. All I know is I'm thankful for whoever said it. <laughs> if you're out there and you remember that <laughs> and you, you hear this, <laughs> thank you. But that friend said to me, I don't think social media is the one bringing up that comparison. I think it's actually just highlighting what's already been there. And I was like, oh, right. (laughs) And oh my gosh, literally that thing changed my life. Just that small little feedback. (laughs) And this year I use that again to be like, wait, the fear and the doubt and the hopelessness that I'm experiencing I don't know if that's necessarily just, I can't just blame it on social media. I can't just blame it on media. I can't just blame it on all the things that's happening in the world. I actually have to look at, well, where is my hope lying? Where is, Mm -hmm. where, like, why is this fear there? You know, what's actually going on? And that's not to shame anyone. That's not, that's, there's no shame here. But it's like evaluating, dang, 
I get to filter out what I see. Like, I actually don't have to look at news if I don't want to look at news. Right. I started over this summer, started following accounts, things like, I think this account is called, like, Good News. Um, and it's, like, all good <laughs> things that are happening in the world. Like, I started to unfollow people that just posted, this is the bad things that's happening. This is what's going on here. I'm going to criticize this person. I hate this person. You know, political stuff. Like, I actually started to be like, yeah, I'm going to mute you. Or I'm yeah, going to unfollow I, you. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. I'm going to, like, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. And it's n- and it's not personal. It's literally because I can only control me. That's I can so only good. control my inner world. Right. That's it. So I'm going to filter out what I can see and what is I'm going to allow into my space. Yeah, that's so good because I think about, like, we actually have the ability to choose what we want to see, what we want to hear, you know, those things that we actually receive in our lives. And that's so good what you said, because I'm like thinking about my process and the things that even back in, um, it was the end of July when the Lord said, you need to start dreaming again, like make a fresh vision board for 2020, even though 2020 feels hopeless, like you get to choose the hope. You know what I mean? Like you Mm -hmm. get to choose what you want to happen Mm -hmm. because if not, you're going to, you're going to live in this world where everything is crumbling around you and there's so much hope that's still there. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That's, it's so good that you said that. Yeah. So what have been some practical things? Like if you would say you have like this, I don't know, self-care routine, what would be some practical things that you do to care for your inner world, to care for yourself? Even this year, things that have happened, how have you done that? What does your practical uh, steps look like in that area? So I'm a person I love to have a drawn out morning and evening routine. So usually, yeah, right. You know, a little, what was it? Miracle morning. Um, yeah. Yeah. How many, how many know about that miracle morning? Um, so (laughs) normally I make sure I'm up in the morning. Seriously. I have lemon water. Well, now it consists of vinegar, like ACV and a little water to create a shot. Gets my, uh, you know, internal immune system activated. And then I have some lemon water that also gets, you know, the body moving and activated, giving me my natural energy. But then I like to get moving. So I make sure like currently I'm doing three days of working out. Well, I guess you could say five days of movement. So I make sure I do yoga Mm -hmm. on Monday, Tuesday, and then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I work out. Like I I do strength training. Um, But then on top of that, I'm making sure I literally take time to give myself facials as a woman making sure I get my nails done as a woman, making sure my hair is did, making sure, you know, like it makes a difference. You got to look good. Right. And sometimes there, even it just requires like no makeup days, honestly. And you just have popping glowy skin. Um, And then there's some days where it's like, you know what, I'm going to glam up and put my lashes on like I did today. And so it's like, it, I think it, it kind of varies in each season, but this season's particularly like, I've really taken the time to give my heart, uh, like space, as I mentioned before, and that requires me to actually write journal, um, talking to my little child, you know what I mean? Oh, Hey, how are you doing today? What have you processed? And you know, um, can you tell me a little bit, like explain if somebody doesn't know what that means, what do you mean speaking to your little child? So my little child is the, uh, traumatic or traumatized child that, (laughs) uh, was sitting on my throne, uh, room for quite some time it was sitting on my throne and controlling the world so we all have an inner child 
in us that needs healing to some degree. It's normally based off of like our upbringing and things like that. And so for me, my little child for a very long time ran my world. And currently, you know, adult Rachel, who now that I'm, you know, have actually walked through a ton of healing is now sitting back on the throne with Jesus. So in this time, because, you know, we seated in heavenly places. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so yeah, I have actually been talking to my inner child and making sure, you know, um, my child is up to par and feeling safe always because safety is a huge thing. It plays a huge part in my life. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's a bit of my self-care routine. I think a lot of it can require even not doing some, honestly, anything like Sometimes it's like, I'm going to sit with no music, nothing, in silence, and that's so refreshing for me. Yeah. So, yeah, it can look different in every season, like I said, but this is that type of season that just requires kind of a little ebb and flow in the good areas, in the bad areas. So, yeah. Yeah, guys, self-care is so important. Um, even for me, you know, some of the things that are really, really important for me are things like, so I am... I get my energy from being around people. So you do. Basically, I'm kind of like a leech <laughs> to people's energy. That sounds horrible. It sounds really disgusting, actually. But it's true, you know, as an extrovert, <laughs> when I'm around people, I just get more energy. And I think something that I've had to work towards is being very, very, very aware of where my energy's at because mm. then I'm able to because Okay, this is what this is the practical scenario of this. I could be hanging out with friends. Let's say we're hanging out or watching a movie. The movie's over. I had a long day. If I was at home, I probably would go to sleep. But because I'm around people, I have a high sense of energy and it almost is like lying to myself. The energy is like lying to myself and telling me Oh, you're good. You have so much energy. Keep hanging out. Keep talking. Keep doing all this stuff. And, you know, say we hang out to like 1 a.m., which rarely happens anymore. But let's just say that that happens. And then all of a sudden I go home. And the moment that I get home and I'm no longer around people, I feel like literally like my body feels so dead. Like it feels very tired, yeah. exhausted. It's almost even a little bit shaky depending on how long the day was. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel so drained. And then I just pass out. And it's not until I actually stepped away from those people that I was able to recognize where my own energy was at. So for me, one of the biggest self-care like practices for me is actually evaluating where's my energy before I even get around people so that I and I even set boundaries mm. with myself of being like hey you're going into this event or you're going into this hangout after two three hours like we're gonna leave and I'm talking to myself <laughs> I'm like setting these boundaries with myself of like yeah we're gonna leave after like two or three hours because you've had a long day you probably want to rest and I have to decide you know how am I going to care for myself? What does it look like to love Becca in this moment? And I ask those questions all the time. What does Becca need right now? I ask that all the time. I would say another self-care tip for me that's really, really big and a part of my life is journaling. Yeah. Um, journaling is probably, I mean, I've been able to process 
through everything with journaling. <laughs> Same. Oh my god. I have journals, y'all. I got my journals since <laughs> like fourth grade. And you want to know my first journal? It was a diary, and it was an Anastasia. Do you remember that movie? <laughs> Do you remember that movie? Yes, I remember that movie. It was an Anastasia diary, and it had like a little lock and key. And it was like a small little square. And it's funny because like one of the first pages, I still have it till today. Mm -hmm. One of the first pages in there is me talking about how I had this crush on this guy in my class. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Having crushes since 19. uh, No, no. I get it. (laughs) (laughs) But like I journal everything. I am so thankful to baby Becca who decided that she liked to write. And decided to make that a thing. And it just has been something that I've been doing my whole life. I, mm-hmm. I remember all the way from when I was a child doing it. But journaling has been the way for me to process my emotions, to understand, you know, what I'm feeling, to, I mean, even this year, I mean, I've journaled so much. <laughs> and now awesome. I even journal, I have like an actual physical journal, but then I even journal a lot even on my phone or my laptop. So in my notes, I have a separate like category of notes that's called just thoughts. And Babe, I will, yeah, thoughts. yeah, <laughs> or sisters. <laughs> And um, y'all, actually, side note, Sister Sisters back on Netflix. I do. Listen, I who's do, about it? I do love that. Because <laughs> that, that used to be that used to be our show, man. We're like, oh, Sister Sister, sister. <laughs> just knew what to be with you. Uh, <laughs> gotta do what's right for me. <laughs> gotta do what's right for you. Wow. Okay. <laughs> had a moment. Had a moment. Okay. 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 So, anyways, journaling. Uh, (laughs) so yeah, I even have like this note section on my phone that's like, it helps me with, you know, cause sometimes you're out and you don't get time to pull out your physical journal. So I'll just pull out my phone and I'm like, okay, something's happening right now. I really want to process it. I really want to just get it out on paper. And I just pull out my phone and I start a new note and I'm like, okay, what's going on? What, what are you thinking right now? What are you feeling? And I just start to process what's happening. And that's, and you know, people ask me all the time, how do you, how are you so aware of like, you know, what, what's happening internally? How do you, you know, recognize these things in the moment? And like, because I actually take time to do them. Like the only way to come to a place of health where you're connected mind, body, spirit is when you actually take time, like self-care and like winning in your internal world is very inconvenient it, yeah meaning it because we're so busy as humans right that we don't usually take the time to stop and look at these things but it's like man self-care requires you to have to slow down right it requires you to have to stop and be like oh what does it actually look like to ca- take care of me because sometimes right. we could be so focused on taking care of other people that we we don't actually look at what am i needing And man, I want to even remember there was this moment, it was the beginning of this year and it felt like one of those moments, you know, when the Lord just calls you out and you like, oh, dang, (laughs) you know, but it was like, I remember the Lord saying something, it was along the lines of you're so busy taking care of other people that you, you, you're not taking care of yourself Mm. and you're not having even space to look at what am I needing? And I remember him wow. saying, this year is going to be a year focused on you. 
this year is going to be a year where you focus on what does Becca need? And that's, that that's so literally good. even being nine months into the year, I'm like, oh, that has been the year. Right. Like this right. year has been focused on me right. and my, my getting myself cared for and loved and, mm-hmm. and just spending more time being able to nurture me. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, I, I would agree with the whole journaling too. Like just going back to that. I'm like, we've been journaling since we were little girls, literally, and still doing it. And it's been something that's been so freeing in the process emotionally. So, yeah. So if we would sum up some of these things of what it looks like, how we have stewarded self-care, how we've stewarded even just being in a place of health and wholeness within our internal world, what would you say are like some things we had maybe three pointers to give people <laughs> practical steps, <laughs> some practical tips when it comes to self-care, stewarding your internal world um, in the midst of this year, in the midst of just life. Yeah. What would that be? Um, I always like to look at it as mind, body, spirit. So, you know, checking in, what are you doing with your mind? So a practical tip would be, you know, what are you taking in? Even if it requires social media, like Rebecca mentioned, I think mm-hmm. she she talked about even sometimes muting people. That is a real thing, y'all. So that would be a practical step. Check your social media world. See how much it's influencing your internal world. Um, your body, um, get to moving. I tell you, movement is something that releases so many endorphins in your body. And it will release um, stress as well. And especially as women and black women at that, like... Man, we got to move because I think it's so easy for us to, especially black women, we've been working, we're some hardworking women. So it's like, you know, um, I think sometimes it's so easy for us to forget to move, but I think self-care also requires movement. So getting the body really active and getting to the gym, if you don't have access to a gym because you're still on lockdown, do some home workouts. There's plenty of YouTube videos. There's plenty yeah. of social media videos, like quick tips, everything. Just getting your body moving, and even if it's for only five to ten minutes. Yeah. Um, that pays off. And then spiritually, like, um, you guys just connect with your spirit. If that means, like, you're reading your Bible. If you're not reading your Bible, if you, you're not connected to the Lord that way and you answer to the universe. Um, <laughs> whatever it requires. Um, <laughs> take some time. There's apps out there for you to meditate. But for mm-hmm. me personally, I meditate on the word. So like get in the word um, and then also taking time for your spirit um, as far as writing. I would I think personally also journaling is a big part of that because then when you connect to your heart, your spirit is in alignment and mm-hmm. you find the victory. OK, yeah, yeah, that's really, really good. I think, yeah, the three tips is looking at how am I caring for my soul? How am I caring for my body and how am I caring for my spirit? Yeah. And I think if you are able to look at and care for each of them individually, you're able to actually walk in like success within your internal world because they're, they're, they're being looked at. They're not being avoided. Right. And yeah, for me, my tips would be, you know, soul care would be, I mean, therapy was like a a large soul care for me. Body care. That was yoga, man. (laughs) <laughs> yoga and good food. Man, that's life. <laughs> yoga and good food. Especially Bikram. Y'all, I love Bikram yoga. Oh. Um, <laughs> little famous look. And then, um, and then spirit, yeah, spending time with the Lord, worship. Like, worship for me is like my, my spirit care. It yeah. is just, uh, I, 
I think I've talked about this, but I'm, I love playing the piano. I love playing the guitar. Yeah. I love singing. So just picking up the guitar and singing and just being able to kind of step away from all the things that's happening in the world and be able to focus on the Lord is a large spiritual care for me. So yeah, yeah evaluate even today, this week, what does it look like for me to care for my mind, my body, and my spirit? And yeah, I want to hear kind of what you guys do. Feel free to comment and or reply or anything like this. Share this with anybody that you think would be helpful. And yeah, y'all, take care of yourselves. Take care of yourselves now. Sister, sister, don't you feel like I'm here with you? Clearly don't don't wear the words, so uh yeah, we're gonna end it there. Okay. Check y'all later. Hey y'all, thanks for listening in on today's show. I'd love to further connect with you. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Rebecca Danny, on Twitter at the Rebecca Danny, and check out my website. Uh, it's www.therdco.com. Thank you again. Feel free to like, share, subscribe, show your girl some love, and I will catch you real soon.